Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 272 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Still Elvis. And my name is Barbara. What's up, Still Elvis? Well, you know what? We are recording this a little early on a Thursday because somebody, uh, (laughs) not me, is heading to the FDLA this weekend. Their big, uh, what do they call this, symposium. Oh, yeah. Florida's it's a huge meeting. It's a really good meeting. I'm really excited. I'm trying to get out of here. I'm busting my ass. I haven't gotten up and oh, all the uh, <laughs> drive to Orlando. So thank you for doing this on Thursday for me. And thank you for knocking it out because you said you'll do it while you're there. And let's be honest. Yeah. Nobody wants to go in their hotel room and record an episode <laughs> when they're at the FDLA. Yeah. This is like the first time in like five years I haven't oh, been. No. I don't know why. Sad. Have a great time. Yeah, have a great time. It's a great meeting. I'm going to miss it. Yeah, you know what? Anton's speaking tomorrow. He's the keynote. So I'm looking really forward to that. And nice. uh, Miss Heather's going to be here representing the NADL. And she's going to be installing the board tomorrow morning, which I am now on the FDLA board, or I will be tomorrow morning. And so it's going to be a good meeting. Ha, I had no idea. So you went from national to Florida. I'm so excited. I'm really always wanted to sit on that board and put in my application. It was accepted. So Chris Peterson called me up and talked talked to me. So I'm excited. Yay. It's a good group of people. They do good things down there and they put on a hell of a show. Right on, brother. But speaking of shows, yes, we're actually lined up for our next one, which is next month in July because they're having the Ladies of the Mill Summit back in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Right. Let's do it. Yeah, so this is the Ladies of the Mill. This is their third meeting. I have been every year. I know you have, but I'm so excited. <laughs> it's it's honestly, it's one of my favorite shows. This is going to be your first, right? Right. This is exciting. Yeah. So I don't go to these things because you pick up big technical knowledge or they even have like lab management skills. I go to these meetings because they're they're just great and have a really good positive vibe. And you walk out of these things just like pumped, ready to just take on the world. <laughs> I, I know. And literally you do. Like you can feel it. I have not been to that particular meeting, but I can feel the way that you're talking about it emotionally. I'm feeling it. I'm digging it, Elvis. Nice. Well, dig yourself into Chattanooga, Tennessee. (laughs) I can't stress enough that even guys, men, gentlemen, whatever you want to call yourselves, we're invited. Don't let me be the only guy there. (laughs) I'm not. I'm not. There's usually a handful, but this is not a we hate men group. It's just a platform to showcase the amazing females in our industry. With Barbie in there in the first time, it's also going to be the first time bum, bum, dumb, bum, dumb. <laughs> that we are going to be recording an actual interview live on stage in front of an audience. Fun, right? I can't wait. I, I think fun is one way to put it. Um, <laughs> it's also going to be a little, I'm going to be a little nervous too. Yeah, of um, course. I'm sure you'll out talk me and you know, you'll be just fine. <laughs> We're going to be doing what we usually do in the comfort of our own homes or labs like you and chat with an undetermined guest 
or a speaker from the summit. We're going to be just fine. Yeah, we don't even know who it's going to be yet. (laughs) So if you want to see us do this all uncut, unfiltered, and unedited, make sure you head over to ladiesofthemill.com and register for the summit that is happening July 21st and the 22nd. We are in week two of celebrating CDT and Dental Technician Appreciation Month, everybody. We had some great ones last week, and make sure you stick around until after the interview on this episode to hear more great audio thanks that we got last week. Keep them coming. Record yourself on your phone or your computer and email it to info at voicesfromthebench.com. Stick around to the end of the episode. Make sure you hear these. They're pretty awesome, you guys. Yeah, we got some good ones. So this week, we actually have a pretty nice treat. Unfortunately, at the time, I think you're buried under case pans. It It was probably an end of the month uh, recording. I don't remember. Ruben gave me shit when I saw him yesterday about this that I wasn't there. (laughs) But I actually had a chance to chat with an old boss and a CEO of a company that they have all partnered up. So for almost two years, I was with Preet, in case people didn't know. Oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure. We, you only we, mentioned we, it every chance you got. Every chance I got. <laughs> and I got to work alongside some of the greatest people in the industry. One of those guys is Ruben Arebolo. And you know how to pronounce that. That's very impressive. Just saying. Yeah, I, I think I did a pretty good job. <laughs> Ruben is the vice president of Preet, who comes on to tell his story from being a toothpaste maker to becoming the implant wizard. Which he is. As he's known. Yep. Joining him is the CEO of Digital Dental, John Barnes. Now, we actually had Digital Dental on the podcast. I know. I want to say years ago, but it seems like decades ago. It was like five years ago, buddy. Episodes 74 and 75, so at least 200 some odd weeks ago. Back when we were doing two. Yeah. It's crazy. Back then, they talked all about Mills and Crystal Ultra. But this time, John comes on. Not only does he talk about getting into digital and working for a company that's been making mills in the U.S. since 1977, but they both come on to talk about an exciting new venture that together can bring abutment milling into your lab all on the up and up and being legit with the FDA. Which is super important. It's the key to the whole thing. So if you have any interest in milling abutments and want to do it the right way, Join us as we chat with Ruben Arebolo and John Barnes. Did you know that Ivoclar has a whole new generation of lab scanners? The new Progress Scan PS3 and PS5 provide true-to-detail, high-resolution, and accurate scans for coordinated digital workflows that are precise, fast, and of course, always accurate. The PS3 and PS5 are powered by the popular and intuitive Dental CAD software from ExoCAD. Whether you're looking for your first scanner to upgrade or add to your existing scanners, the ProgreScan may be the one for you. So customize your digital journey. Reach out to your friendly Ivoclar sales representative to select a scanner that matches the needs of your lab. Do it today. Let them know you heard about it on the podcast as we always appreciate your support, Ivoclar. Voices from the Bench, 
the interview. And if anyone's listening right now that uses Teams with Ruben, don't send them a message. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad this is not a, uh, a live broadcast. Yeah, I would never do a live <laughs> If you wanted to know what it's like to work with Ruben, don't team him when he's on a conference call. We are super excited today. Uh, this is kind of interesting. So we have an ex-boss of mine back in my pre days joining us with a partnership that Preet has formed to do custom abutments in lab. But we'll get into all of that. Let's meet... John Barnes from Digital Dental, and, uh-oh, Ruben Rebolo. <laughs> this is where I entered the crickets, apparently. <laughs> Ruben from Preet. Ruben from Preet. Say your last name. Come on. Arebolo. Arebolo. Ruben Arebolo. How are you guys? How are you doing today? Fantastic. You're doing great. Nice. So we want to get into what Preet has started doing with milling custom abutments in a lab. We know it's a hot topic for a while. A lot of people were scared to do it. But before we get into that, I'd like to learn a little bit more about how both of you got into this industry and how you ended up where you are today. So let's start with John. John, how did you end up at Digital Dental? So my mother worked in a dental office when I was a little kid and they used to have to go there after school. Uh And it was actually a a rep from Atlanta Dental used to go into that office. And I didn't understand what a sales rep was back then. I I had no idea. I was from a community where most everybody had their name on their shirt, not wearing suit and ties to work. Sure, sure. So I started asking him what he did. He explained it. I thought that's definitely what I want to do. I want to get into sales. So mm-hmm. after college, I got into, I was, um, I was at CentOS uh, for a while. I was in pharmaceuticals for about four years. CentOS, that's the bathroom stuff, right? <laughs> they do. Yeah, they yeah. do. Uh, rental uniforms. That was the, that was the whole shtick with them. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. Uniform rentals. That's a big company. It's about $5 billion, I think now. Then it was pharmaceuticals for four years. And then friend of a friend uh, was at, Denton Supply Serona, or at Denton Supply at the time mm-hmm, before the sure. Serona merger. Hired on as a sales rep for three years in the lab division, was a regional manager for three years, ran national accounts for three years, and then ran lab consumables, lab cam cam, and Atlantis for two years. And over those last couple of years, started talking to the group that, that owns Digital Dental, the private equity group, and just industry topics, those sorts of things. And then they brought me on board a couple of years ago to be the CEO at Digital Dental. Wow. So you're actually the CEO of Digital Dental. So you're running the whole show over there. That's right. Most days. If most been... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most days. Yeah. What did you think going from pharmaceuticals to dental? Uh, it was completely different. A little bit more laid back? <laughs> <laughs> I, a little bit. Yeah. The, the pharmaceutical thing is what kind of I always was kind of attracted to. And then when I got into it, it really just wasn't for me. I thought I was going to be able to get into some longer intellectual conversations with these doctors. And, and uh, you really that's really not what the industry is. So dental, especially on the business side of things, was much better suited for me. So the dental laboratory was perfect because most of the time you're dealing with small business owners. Which area of the country did you work with when you were with Densupply? Well, if you can't tell by the accent, it was in the southeast. So I was a, uh, a rep in Atlanta and then was it 
regional manager in the southeast before okay to national accounts perfect and then coming into digital dental now we've had them on the podcast god probably our first year and crystal ultra was a big thing and i think that's what they're really talking about when you stepped into digital dental when was that uh that was in june of uh, 2021 okay so just a couple years ago almost two years ago so our main three focuses are crystal ultra still Custom abutments, in-house custom abutments, and a liner trimming. So we oh. also have a, uh, a machine. We, we build our own. We're the only U.S.-based uh, manufacturer in the U.S. CAD-CAM milling machines. Uh, one of those is a trimming machine for clear aligners. So after you thermoform the mm-hmm. aligner, we trim the excess plastic off as one of our solutions. So out of all the mills out there, you guys make the only ones in the U.S.? That's right. Yeah, every they're the only U.S.-based manufacturer with CAD CAM milling machines, and we we build them in Scottsdale, Arizona, which is where our headquarters is. Oh, nice! I had no idea. They probably mentioned that, but that was five years ago. (laughs) That was with Pete, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. And with Crystal Ultra, I mean, it's still a lot of labs doing those. Are they still sending to you? Are they doing them more in house now? Or most of the cases come to us. So. We do sell the disc uh, to be manufactured in-house, but most of the time, those cases, we have an outsourcing laboratory that does nothing but full arch cases, and 90% of those are Crystal Ultra. We also have our own brands of Zirconia that we distribute, as well as we provide full arch Zirconia arches as well for like those all on X cases. Wow. And you still make those big digital dental mills? I mean, I still see them out. Uh, when I was traveling labs for Preet, I saw those things all all over the place. Oh, yeah. We, we absolutely still manufacture those. We have a general purpose mill that's milling for zirconia. We have our new Titan mill, which is for custom abutments. And then we have our Atlas mill, which is for clear aligner trimming. So 98% of every mill that we've ever built is still in operation. Wow. So that's since 2005. So... One comment from one of our longtime customers, I asked him what we could do to improve. And he said, well, for your own benefit, you probably can make worse milling machines. So you can sell them <laughs> yeah. Where's that 5% Did that ruined because of like a, a lab burnt down or something? Or? <laughs> right. Well, 98%. So 2%. Oh, 2%. Be, sorry. 2% would be mainly from parts componentry that you can't get anymore so like the technologies move past it so uh, some of our suppliers for different parts and pieces of the machine uh don't make the parts anymore so that is that is an actual issue we deal with on a regular basis is is letting customers know hey i can't get this part anymore they've they've moved on from it there's usually some type of fix we've got some really smart guys that can uh, figure most of those out plus they probably just move on and get the newest digital dental mill because it's lasted so long why not absolutely i'm uh, sure they get their money's worth <laughs> a pretty good return on investment if you've had a mill for 10 years yeah sure ruben from preet mr california man how are you uh, doing great <laughs> doing great glad to finally be a guest and, and have a conversation with you elvis yeah i know we've touched upon getting you on a few times didn't really work out i had a couple shows we tried but you know we're always busy yeah, some, some days I could be a little shy. <laughs> so tell us, Ruben. I mean, I know the story, but I love this story, how you got into the dental industry and how you ended up with Preet. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a really funny story in a way. But myself, I was born and raised in Santa Maria, California. And in Santa Maria, California, if you choose not to go to a university right after high school, you do what everyone else does in this town, and you go to the junior college here, Allen Hancock College. Sure. And I just happen to have this very, very good skill set or talent. I guess you could say it was very talented that I got myself kicked out of the junior college in two <laughs> semesters. Couldn't even register for another class. So if you live in Santa Maria, California, then you start applying for jobs and you typically apply at the largest private employer at the time. And that was Denmat. So I took a job with Denmat. I was in their warehouse department, so I was loading trucks, big semis, building orders for large stores like Walmart, things like that, for their Rembrandt toothpaste and mouthwash line. Sure. And one day I went in after doing that for three months, and they said, hey, tomorrow you're going to report over to uh, what was called compounding. So I'm like, okay, sure, why not? Uh, report over to compounding and I was started making toothpaste and mouthwash and did that for about four months. It was it was a really, really fun job. I learned a lot. Uh, that was when I was first introduced to ISO standards over there. Oh, um, yeah. And quality assurance. It was it was a big deal. How many parts go into making toothpaste? Like, are, are you mixing like hundreds of things or how does that process work? Well, we wouldn't really put parts into toothpaste, Elvis. Could be a, a health hazard. If, you <laughs> well, know, you know what I meant. Chemicals, gels. <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> you could say ingredients. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, it depends on the mix. Uh, if you're making mouthwash, it might be only five, six ingredients. I mean, if you're making some toothpaste, it might be closer to 20. Wow. It just depends on the makeup. We had a number of different flavors or lines of toothpaste so a lot a lot of it just depends on the actual product you're making kind of like in the lab did it reek of mint in there it was uh the menthol was strong and uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. you you want to make sure you have tight fitting goggles and a tight fitting respirator when uh, you're vacuuming menthol into this large mixer because you get that anywhere near your face and, and your eyes will be watering for 10 days. Wow. Was this like full hazmat suit kind of situation? Not hazmat, but full yeah. coveralls and, and, you know, always gloved up. And it, it was like white room, though. Oh, yeah. And how big of a vat did you make at a time? Toothpaste, I think our mixers were about 100 to 150 gallons. I'll be honest, it was four months of my life when I was 19. So oh, okay, yeah, okay. I don't okay, remember yeah. all the specifics. <laughs> Got it. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, one day I, I report to, you know, make some toothpaste, and my supervisor says, hey, tomorrow you're going to go to the lab. And like every other time that I've been told to go somewhere else at Danmat, I said, sure, why not? And went over to the lab the next day, and the supervisor in the laboratory at the time Threw me in the model shop, oh. threw me in pin and die, and I was actually just sawing dies uh, for somebody else to, to die trim. And I did that for a total of two hours before the manager at the lab came in and found me. He happened to be a previous supervisor on the toothpaste side of things. And he said, hey, you're not supposed to be here in the model shop. We're going to send you to final QC. <laughs> so a whole two hours in the lab, and I'm thrown in final QC. Oh, that's... 
That's good. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Uh, I actually really enjoyed it because that's where I first learned about dental restorations. I learned about anatomy, nomenclature, and believe it or not, Elvis, I learned how to read a prescription form in the lab. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's serious. <laughs> so who taught you what was right and what was wrong? You know, I had on-the-job training uh, with a, a few of uh, the members of QC um, I spent a lot of time working with the head technician in the laboratory. His name is uh, Steve Ostapek at the time. And the head of our consulting department was Maria Martin. And I spent a lot of time with them just discussing cases, anatomy, is this right? Also able to have the luxury of working with the founder of Denmet, Dr. Ibsen, Bob Ibsen. Uh-huh. It was awesome. I would get to spend some personal time with him. He and I, one-on-one, we would review cases that were going out the door, determining, hey, do we need to make any changes or repairs, or is this acceptable? So I was very, very fortunate to have a lot of mentors at my time at Dan Matt. It It was great. And you know, I, I loved my time at Dan Matt. I was able to do a whole lot of different things from working in quality control to doing incoming case inspection to uh, running the model department. But overall, overall, my favorite thing of the laboratory was 445 when a next day air case is gone missing. <laughs> Trying to track that down. <laughs> the, the, the chaos of the afternoon in a high production laboratory was, was by far my favorite. It's an adrenaline rush you can't find anywhere else, <laughs> for yeah, sure. Yeah, truly a, a really fun experience. And while I was at Denmat, one day I received an email, and I received this email from a recruiting agency. And they sent me an image, and they said, hey, there's this other dental company in your area. Um, they're interested in in talking to you, but they wanted us to send this image and ask you if you knew what it was. I opened the image and it was a 3D rendering, uh, had some bright colors, a large gray thing in the middle. And I responded back, I have no idea what this was. So turns out it was actually a screenshot of a overdenture bar that was 3D designed in, oh. in one of the earliest softwares. And yeah, had no idea what it was. What year was this? Because I can only imagine what this 3D rendering looked like. <laughs> it would have been uh, end of 2007. Yeah, yeah, nothing fancy there. <laughs> so for some reason, they still wanted to talk with me, and I, I went in for a formal interview. And I remember at the time I wanted the earliest interview possible because I didn't want that to take away from my work at Denmat. So I took an eight o'clock interview. Yeah. I walked in about seven fifty-five and I meet the person that was working closest to the entry and sit down. And I'm waiting for Chris to show up. And Chris shows up. And before he could even say hello to me, one of the gals, Penny, working there said, hey, Chris, you need to take this tech call. Mm. So Chris just stops, doesn't even go upstairs to his desk or anything like that, just stops at the closest desk with an available phone, gets on the line, and he starts talking. And at then, man, we did nothing with implants at this time. Okay. Or I was not exposed to implants. So he's on the phone. I can tell he's assisting the customer, and he starts 
spitting out all the part numbers they need for this case. It was a locator case. I think it was on Nobel, replace, select, and, and he's spitting out these part numbers and all the additional items they need to, to complete the case to be able to deliver this to the patient. And I remember even before my interview, I'm sitting there and I, I was thinking in my head, this needs to be my next career move. <laughs> You're just impressed with the parts. It was awesome. I mean, we all work in a lab and there's tough calls you don't want to make to a doctor, right? Sure. Asking for a new impression. And to see it from the standpoint, somebody calling in and asking for assistance, that, that to me was the real turning point of, I want to do something different where where people are calling and asking me for for advice or guidance. Yeah. And, you know, that's what pre is founded on. It's that service level and technical knowledge. So interviewed with Preet, took the job when it was offered and started filling orders, customer service, taking calls, worked my way up through the technical department. I happened to do some implant IDs and identification of attachments. Um, Yeah. And just kept working up. And as we grew really was attracted to the, the leadership management side uh, beyond just the the technical side. So it's, it's been a really great ride. I've been here 15 years and have no plans on, on doing anything different. Yeah. That's amazing. I didn't know Chris did the initial interview. I thought it would have been his dad back then. It was both of them. It was it was Tom Bormis and Chris Bormis, and it was it was a really fun interview. I mean, it, we connected right away. It felt like we were just having a conversation. Yeah, and how many people were at Preet when you were hired on? When I was hired on, we were about twelve to fifteen employees. And now you're what? We're fifty plus. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been really, really amazing to work with some wonderful people that all have a common goal. And that's that's really servicing this industry in any ways we can. And I can absolutely second that because I worked for you for a while. And that was probably the most positive thing out of all of that is how much everyone there seemed to care about just servicing the patient. However, it was done either through a lab or through a dentist or whatever. Um, that's what it was all about, and that's very appealing. Yeah, I'm I'm very blessed to have the opportunities I have throughout my career and and connect with Preet. Yeah, it's been awesome. Now you mentioned implant ID. <laughs> I love this because you are phenomenal at it. How did you learn to identify implants via like an X-ray? Where do you even start? You know, I I can't say there's an exact science to it, Elvis. It really started with attachments. We would we'd get some images through email, sometimes through cell phones of attachments. And Chris used to do the identifying for all the attachments and implants originally. Uh-huh. And I decided one day, hey, why don't uh, I talking to a customer on the phone? Please send that image over to my email. Yeah. So send it over. And at the old office, you used to have to go upstairs to see all the old implant catalogs and flip through the parts and pieces to see images of them. And so I ran upstairs and I'd spend hours at a time every time I'd get these images flipping through every single implant catalog we had at Pre. Sure. <laughs> and old school research. Yeah. 
yeah, I was very fortunate that that my brain remembered these images. And over time, you know, I would just have a uh, have a storage of implant images in my head and be able to connect shapes and pieces to the photos we were receiving via email and cell phone. And it, it was really awesome. And now we've built a whole team around that. So we, we now have four people dedicated to implant identification here at Pre. We receive, you know, upwards of about 250 implant IDs a week. And it's really cool to watch some of the others because there, there's not an exact science to it. You know, you just kind of point them in the right direction or towards the right catalog and, and let that individual go and, and see if they can do it. It's an amazing service. And honestly, it's a talent. There's a lot of talent behind being able to remember which implant has a slight tapered apex and rounded bottom compared to flat and all that. It's it's mind-boggling, but man, you were spot on it almost every time. Yeah, almost every time. Almost. I got to say, you have to say (laughs) almost. (laughs) And I blame the x-rays on that. So when Preet started, it was all attachments and then it got into more fixed parts, tie bases and things, right? Is that the timeline? Yeah, so I came on in 2008, very beginning, January 2008, I joined Preet. At the time, yes, heavy attachments. Um, the implant parts we carried were, were really just locator abutments at the time for implants. Yep. And we did have some shiner magnets. We did have some sphero blocks, but mostly overdenture related items. Sure. Yeah. And Chris took over from his father really in 2018 as president Mm -hmm. or excuse me, 2011 as president, 11, 12. And that's kind of when we took a real shift and really wanted to get into everything that is restorative implant parts. Okay. So we we definitely, that's when we started taking on analogs, uh, castable UCLA's at that time, and just started building out our portfolio to the point when we started making tie bases, scan bodies, temp cylinders, everything also digital related. And you brought those parts on, were you still having to go through FDA for everything or... Because it was more analog, it wasn't that big of a deal. Every, everything, it doesn't matter, has to go through FDA. Okay. So 510K clearances. Yeah, we, we were doing that very early on for all the parts and pieces we started manufacturing. And then when you went digital, that's when the Choice Library came out. And I know you had a huge part on developing that. Yeah, so in 2019, we had two different lines of tie bases. We had the ASC tie base, and we had your traditional tie base with a OEM-style screw. And at that time, we had two different libraries, which required two different scan bodies. Pretty much typical of everything that was built uh, library-wise for implant companies at that time was one scan body was connected to one tie base. Hmm. And it was somewhat confusing for customers and also limiting customers on what they could do based off of whatever scan body they had. Sure. So 2019, towards the end of it, I came up with, you know, we need to simplify our library and offer more in it and ran this idea by Chris. He was on board and agreed. So we set out to start 
building this library. And at the time, I didn't know anything about how to put implant parts into ExoCAD or 3Shape. So I reached out to a few people I know, and I had them lined up to be able to do this work for us on a uh, consultant basis. Okay, yeah. But then in March of 2020, this worldwide event called... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> exactly called covid happened heard of it and, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden my outside sources that i had lined up to assist me with this library build um no longer had the time for it hmm. so uh, i had some free time at that point we all did and, yep and uh i set out to to build this library and it was a challenge it was probably one of the hardest things i've ever done in dental Um, Because it was a lot of testing, you know, a change I would make of importing a file into 3Shape, test it out in the design software to see if it worked. And it would be test, fail, test, fail, make your changes, test, pass, test, pass, and you get to the next step in the design. And then all of a sudden, maybe your access channel wasn't there for for Tybase. So it was really frustrating, took about seven months to get out and pass all testing and validation and be able to offer it. And along the way, what was really cool is I received a lot of input from people in this industry. Some of our customers, or I consider them very good friends of mine. Yeah, I know, for example, I was talking to Peng Lore one day about this library and what I wanted to do. And Peng had some great ideas. He's the one who told me, why don't you just throw the temp cylinders in there? I'm doing a lot of full arch PMMA provisionals right now. It'd be really nice to have those in a design software. Yeah. And I was like, light bulb, of course. Sure. (laughs) Because I don't think that was available with anyone else. No. And uh, at at the same time, we're having this conversation. Ping's like, well, you have the the tall ASC tie base that's nine millimeters. You can cut it down to seven and five in the software. Why don't you why don't you do that with the temp cylinders? Why don't you give us three different heights? And <laughs> ding, sure ding, enough, ding. yeah. Exactly. So, you know, and that's something again, Preet has a lot of pride in, and that's listening to our customers for ideas and, and to develop new things, new technologies, new parts and pieces to allow technicians, you know, to have more available tools in their tool set or more items to create the restorations that for me when i look at a patient it's not necessarily the restoration a patient wants but it's the restoration a patient deserves mm. I mean, we, we have a lot of ability to change somebody's life and and we should be able to provide them with with the best restoration possible yeah not everybody is the same size and that's what's nice about having choices mm-hmm. yeah so that brings us to today Preet already has all this digital for stock parts. Then you introduce custom abutments working with Digital Dental. So how did this partnership come to be? So Chris Bormas and I got introduced by some guys at Young Innovations. And this was something that I think that Preet was wanting to get into with custom abutments for a while. Sure. We were already doing it. We we have we had been doing it since 2013. But the regulatory side obviously was a was a big deal making sure that that was done. So Chris and I got to talking about how we would do this if we if we were to partner up on it. We wanted some additional platforms that we currently didn't weren't able to offer. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, 
we wanted some enhancements on the FDA compliance and which Preet stepped up and was able to to provide as well. So between those couple of things, as well as having, you know, an end-to-end FDA compliant system, that's how it all really got started. So we had from the milling machine to the blank, to the quality management system, bringing in an FDA consultant to do that install. It helps provide laboratories a peace of mind knowing they're doing it the right way. So let me see if I get this. So Digital Dental was making abutments at your facility already? We were making it at our our facility, but we were also, we had uh, another partner on our titanium blanks and we had a milling machine milling out custom abutments. And we'd we'd had that for for several years. Uh, So we had some expertise in that. And that was one reason why it was attractive. I think it was attractive to pre to partner up with us on that. Okay, so you're already in the market, let's say, but you needed some help. Absolutely, that pre was able to provide. Yes, they were. What pre was able to provide was enhanced uh, FDA compliance because the FDA isn't a stagnant organization; they're constantly evolving, and so there's always new rules, new ways of doing things that you have to make adjustments on. And we were confident that pre and Young Innovations were were on top of that. And that's what we wanted, uh, as well as able to provide some new platforms for, uh, for our blanks, like Neodent, Megagen, Neos implants. These are all super growth uh, categories in the industry, especially with a lot of the larger DSOs. And we were getting a lot of calls from our customers, from our laboratories that we service, wanting those additional platforms yeah, and one thing from from our side, Elvis, yeah. free, uh, again, it kind of goes back to the service level that we provide to our customers is tie blanks and pre-mills is something we definitely wanted to get into. We had received our 510K clearance multiple times on, on multiple filings for these parts and pieces, and we never released them because... We, at the time, didn't have the CAM knowledge, the manufacturing side knowledge that we felt comfortable bringing a product to market. And and that's another thing Digital Dental provided for us because that's that's their wheelhouse. They're making milling machines. They're working in the CAM softwares. They're servicing customers already with strategy issues and milling issues. So that was that was very, very important to us when we were looking for a partner in this. Yeah, I can only imagine the facilities you need just to make blanks has got to be pretty intense. Yeah, the, the, the manufacturing facility. Yeah, this is those machines are quite impressive, but for us, it was it was the dental cam side of things. Okay, um, we we didn't toy around previously with with tie bases things like that. That was more on the cam provider when it came to to milling strategies, and we wanted to partner with somebody who had this experience. Right, they could bring that and add that, and it was it was really really great that both companies have this high standard of FDA compliance. And that shared value is what really strengthened our partnership in, in wanting to bring something different to the market from, from an FDA compliance standpoint. So Preet already went through the FDA protocols even before having a product, like you knocked it out even before having the actual thing. <laughs> Well, what it is, is you need to file a 510K 
right? You need 510K clearance to be able to manufacture a medical device. So we did the 510K testing, everything you needed to do from that standpoint, but there's more beyond that when the dental laboratory starts altering the device and customizing it or making it patient specific. Oh, I get you. Yep. Yeah. A lot easier to mass produce the same part over and over and over again than it is to make custom parts that are also compliant. Yeah. With the FDA standards. Yeah. So you already had the 510K for all the stock parts. Yeah, that, that was, we had the 510K clearance for tie bases, temp cylinders, analogs, all the accessories, and tie blanks at the time. Because the 510K clearance is really to be able to machine the implant interface. So we, we had all of that cleared. Um, we weren't selling tie blanks at the time, again, because it comes down to, we didn't have the, the cam knowledge at the time, the machining knowledge that we felt comfortable with to assist the dental laboratory when they're machining a type of link. Yeah. Okay. And that's where we really come in. We've been making milling machines since 1977, like pre before we ever got into making uh, dental milling machines, we made the first artificial heart valve, the first set of Oakley sunglasses parts for Boeing, Ford, Oh, yeah. So this is uh, Kim Karpowitz, one of our founders. He was making these milling machines for other industries and happened to meet a guy named Scott Atkin who had a lab in Arizona. They got to talking. He built him a mill. And that's kind of the birth of how Digital Dental came about. Oh, no kidding. I had no idea. I didn't realize it started in another industry. It's completely different. And, and that's where the knowledge base really comes from is the experts we have on the cam side of things like Kim's son, Cam, who's very active in the business. And he knows more about milling parts and pieces, not just dental parts and pieces. So extremely knowledgeable. And that was one of the big values that I think that we could bring to the table in this partnership. Yeah. And frankly, there's a lot of companies out there that have went through the 510k process, like Ruben was talking about to mill the pre-mills, to manufacture the pre-mills where they miss is helping out the laboratories to do it in compliance to make custom devices. And I think there's a lot of misinformation out there about somebody makes a part or a piece that has a 510K and the laboratory thinks they're covered. And that's just not the case. Well, yeah, let's talk about that for a minute. It wasn't long ago when every meeting you went to in our industry, they were talking about you can't do custom abutments. Don't do custom abutments. You shouldn't do custom abutments. You got to do this. Millions of dollars to get verified or certified or whatever the hell it's called. Now, obviously, this is what you guys are doing. You're bringing this to labs. How? Why? <laughs> First off, the reason why is, is very simple, is this is the last part or piece of a laboratory that you can bring in-house and make the process incredibly fast. So go from, you know, a week to get a custom abutment back, or in some cases, as we heard lately, four and five weeks to get a custom abutment Uh back. And now you can do it in 20 minutes and you can do it for a fraction of the cost of sending it out to be milled. So that's the why, but you do have to go through all the hoops and steps if you're going to do it correctly. And that's where digital dental and Preet both had very similar values in that because we wanted to make sure that we were doing it 
the right way. And we want to serve the laboratories and actually protect the laboratories and get them, give them peace of mind versus we just want to go out there and sell you some tie blanks to go mill in a machine. And I think that's the biggest part of it. I mean, who doesn't want to save time and money? I mean, that's just business 101. But everyone's worried about FDA is going to come in all the time now and then they're going to check on me and they're going to shut me down. <laughs> so, okay, let's go through a quick scenario. I'm a lab. I got an old MCXL in the closet. Am I ready to be making custom abutments? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the short, Darn. quick answer, right. <laughs> so how do you bring a lab into it? How does you get a lab prepared to take on making abutments with digital dental and pre? I would say the first is an understanding of what you will be doing as a laboratory the moment you start milling uh, table links or custom abutments in-house. And, and the biggest understanding, and this is where the FDA comes into play, is knowing that when you mill a preform or a tie blank, you are now a contract manufacturer to the manufacturer of that tie blank. And now you are a medical device, basically, contract manufacturer. So that's, that's where the whole FDA okay. compliance comes in and FDA could come into the laboratory and perform audits. So that's the first is, is just understanding, you know, what, what you're getting into. Um, and then mm -hmm. also, you know, are you receiving the volume to make it profitable for your investment? And that's, that's where John's team comes in and assists the laboratory from that standpoint. Right. And, and, to be clear, the FDA doesn't need your permission to come into the laboratory. Oh, whether you're whether you're milling out custom abutments or not, and I think that's something that a lot of people get a little spooked because you do have to be registered to the FDA and you're a you're a contract manufacturer, and they're like, oh, I don't want to be on the FDA's radar. Well, the FDA doesn't need your permission if you're making a medical device to come into your to your laboratory. What we do along with Preet is we go in and help make sure that your entire facility is in your processes are FDA compliant. And we also, the avenue to which we do that is in customer abutments. Yeah, so, so Elvis, to be able to mill these abutments in-house, number one, we have validated the digital dental milling machine. That, that's one, we have to have validated okay. processes. And so Preet has developed a strategy that assists laboratories in developing their processes John's team has come in with a full QMS that's compliant to manufacturing medical devices. So that's the big hurdle is understanding that your whole laboratory needs to operate on this QMS. The quality management system is really what holds the compliance to FDA standards. And it's also, it sounds when we're talking right now, you, you it sounds complicated. And that's one thing I would make sure that we convey too is it's as simple as what you're doing today. All you're doing is just documenting these steps and you're making sure that you're following and you're checking to make sure you're following. If you change a process, you're making sure you document that change. It's nothing really that's incredibly different than what most people are doing today. But if the FDA walks in and asks you what you're doing and you tell them and they say, where's your documentation and you don't have any, that's a problem. <laughs> so what we do is we make sure that we follow those those quality systems that the FDA has outlined very clearly. 
and we help train and onboard these customers so that they make sure they're doing it the right way. That's exactly what I was going to ask. So I want to get into it. I want to make custom abutments. You come in and you teach that lab exactly what needs to happen because they're going to be under your 510K as a contract? Yeah, so, so it's under the Preet 510K as okay. a contract manufacturer. And part of being FDA compliant as a contract manufacturer, FDA registered, is making sure you have a quality management system in place. And as John said, it is simple. It's just you need to follow those procedures that you've established. And, and that's really what the FDA is looking for. Do you have standards in the laboratory? And are you ensuring that you're your employees are following those standards because at the end of the day, this is a medical device that somebody is receiving. And it it is simple. It it really is. We all have standard procedures. We just don't write them down. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And and, and are those written, even if you add the written procedures, are they in the guidelines of what the FDA outlines? And how we make it simple is, let's say, Elvis, you and I are having a conversation. You say, yeah, I'm really interested in doing custom abutments in-house. We would say, okay, great. We're going to sell you this milling machine. We're going to sell you titanium blanks to do this. We're going Mm -hmm. to install the mill and train you on how to use the mill. Then the next day, we bring in an FDA consultant to do the installation of the quality management system. Teach your laboratory how to document these things and what steps to follow in and implement preets section on the quality management system on their custom abutments, which are the 510K. We're going to register under the 510K on the FDA's website. And then we do some, basically we do some little bit of paperwork. We do a few test uh, units to make sure that the milling machine, everything is, is calibrated correctly, pre-checks them and says, Hey, we're good to go. And you're off to the races. It's really as simple as that. And by day three, you're making custom abutments? Pretty quick. As soon as we send off, with the, there's six abutments that have to be sent off and pre checks them, looks at the measurements, make sure everything's milling correctly. And once they give that thumbs up, which is usually just a couple of days, you're off sure. to the races. Wow. So how many labs have onboarded with you guys so far? Because this is relatively new. Right. We've got about 20 labs that we've brought on board so far. And nice. it's... It's all the, most of the the customers that we have right now are all the the larger laboratories across the country. Because you do need the volume to be able to justify, hey, I'm going to buy a mill and go through the quality management system and everything. So you mentioned that. What exactly is that, that line between, you know, when it starts to make sense? What are you looking for when a lab approaches you wanting to do custom abutments? For us, it's about, the, the marker is about 50 abutments a month. For financial reasons. Now, yeah, yeah, no, totally. the other reasons are speed. Instead of waiting four or five weeks, you can do one in 20 minutes. And we cover 99% of the platforms that doctors use. So when you look at it from that respect, there are some players that say, hey, I just want to do them faster. I can't wait four or five weeks. Yeah. 50 a month is not bad. I mean, that's not a ton. <laughs> no, it's a couple a day, realistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Elvis, I know you said it was it was recent that we announced this partnership, but 
Digital Dental and Preet have been working in the background for about a year before the partnership was announced in November. And really the whole reason for that was to, number one, make sure, is, is it as simple as we can make the solution uh -huh. to be FDA compliant? Yeah. And then number two is we had multiple outside consultants that are familiar with FDA standards review all of our complete system and make sure that this is something that we can feel comfortable saying, we are FDA compliant when we introduce this at a laboratory. Yeah, because I can imagine you guys will get in trouble just as much if a contractor isn't up to speed. It doesn't follow through. Maybe even a little bit more than oh, a really? manufacturer. So it's not only to protect the laboratories, but also, of course, to protect ourselves. Sure. And we've been making custom abutments since 2013 and had an FDA compliant system. But... As you guys well know, and as most people in the industry know, FDA is a fluid body. They're going to make changes and updates. And we needed to ensure that we were working with a partner that was willing to evolve with us and make sure that those were staying in compliance and doing everything the right way, along with additional platforms and growth. Yeah. So that's where the pre-partnership really came to play. And I think it was a perfect marriage of some of our expertise, some of their expertise. We enjoyed working together. I mean, I think Ruben and I get along just about as well as uh, as any two people can. So uh, it's been all fun and games, really, Yeah, from our standpoint. Ruben may disagree. But. <laughs> yeah, I definitely second that. It's It's been a fun challenge, number one, to, to bring this solution together and working with a partner that that's on the same level and commitment to make sure we're serving our customers and, and also in a way, ensuring them, right. That they're doing things the right way has been really exciting for us over the last year. I can imagine there's other companies out there that would love to sell you a mill and blanks, but don't go through the time to make sure you're FDA ready. Am I right on this? <laughs> There might be. I, I know there's some other approaches to uh, being a medical device manufacturer. But again, this is the one, our approach of doing a validated milling center has been the one that we, we feel the most confident in from an FDA standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, there are a lot of preform or tie blank manufacturers out there. And we wanted to have the gold standard when it came to compliance. And just stating that you're an FDA compliance doesn't actually make it so, you know, so there's, there's different interpretations of what, you know, some uh, organizations are stating and we don't feel that those are correct and time will tell. Yeah. And I think we've had instances in this industry where people have been held accountable for not doing it the right way, which is absolutely off the table for digital dental and pre. Sure. And I think that's, what's going to make you stand apart and make it worth people to check it out to make sure they're doing it right. I mean, honestly, I mean, there's no reason not to. So let's say a lab wants to get started. What's the best way to connect with, I don't know, who do they call and how do they get started on this process? First step would be to, you could reach out via email to us at sales at digitaldental.com or our phone number 480-948-0466. And we can help you get started with talking through, you know, what it looks like to be an FDA compliant in-house custom abutment manufacturer. You can also go to the, our website. If you're curious on what kind of time and money that you might save 
You can go to digitaldental.com and we've got a simple calculator on the website where you can plug in your numbers and it'll tell you approximate dollar savings that you could have by milling out abutments in-house versus sending out uh, to other manufacturers. Sure. Yeah, and same goes. You can always reach out to Preet, Preet and Digital Dental. We work very closely together when a laboratory is looking at becoming a validated milling center. So e- either company you can really reach out to. Yeah, 100%. Perfect. Now, Ruben, I know right before I left Preet, no, right after I left Preet, the new scan bodies came out. They're absolutely phenomenal. Uh, they look beautiful. How are they working is these the same scan bodies I would use with these tie blanks? I mean, is it all interconnected now? Can I now scan a case and still do a temp cylinder or a custom abutment? Absolutely, yeah. The custom abutment option for the validating milling centers is in the choice library. And then there will be options for others to be able to submit custom abutment designs to preet as as a custom abutment solution very soon and that'll be tied to the library that uses the same scan body elvis it's funny you bring the scan body up i think you had some design input on our scan body did you not (laughs) i believe you asked me one day what i would want in a scan body and i think i gave you some ideas (laughs) yeah so uh the easy identification from the the laser marking of exactly what company is providing that scan body and as well as what implant interface it goes to was, was the idea of, of Elvis. It was a really <laughs> great idea. I got tired of looking at a scan body that had a code on it that I had to know what the code meant to know where it went. <laughs> <laughs> Those have been out for a while. I imagine they're going like crazy. Yeah. The scan bodies were released or uh, launched in November as well. And, yeah, those things are flying off the shelves. It's been a great response from the industry to the new scan body, the new design. The titanium scan body can be used interorally. It could be verified because it's radio-opaque. Uh, in the office, you can take an x-ray to make sure it's fully seated. The matte finish is really nice laboratory setting because no scan spray. I know we yeah. used a lot of scan spray for a long time in our, our design center here, and uh, it, it's it's not that neat of a of a material to work with, Mm-mm. and yeah. yeah, the laser etching just for the easy identification has been really really nice for our customers. We've enjoyed using them as well. We've obviously used a plethora of different scan bodies over the years, and and these were a definite upgrade. It it is not a commodity. It is definitely something that has some unique advantages in it. It's amazing after all the scan bodies in our industry, you can still make a better one. <laughs> but just having one that you could use clinically or in the laboratory and it being titanium is a big advantage. Yeah. So what's next for the partnership? I mean, are you guys already working on new platforms or anything that we should be looking out for in, in the future? For the partnership side, it's, it's uh, again, being committed to the customers we have and those that are interested in becoming a validated milling center. And then, you know, from a preet standpoint, we are always evaluating and looking into adding interfaces to our complete implant line. I believe John has some really exciting news on, on a new mill they've been working on. Ooh. Yeah. We've got our, we've got our Titan mill that we're launching. You know, we've been making milling machines for a long time. And this Apparently is... Apparently the 70s, which I didn't even know was a thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it's been a while. They, they, uh, 
that we've got a new controller package, which allows for us to be able to remote in and actually see what's on your screen. So for troubleshooting or anything, calibrations, all of those things, which it, it makes it, uh, you know, a lot easier to service when you do need service on, on the milling machine. Oh, but, sure. Uh, all metal, you know, it, we don't use any of the plastic or any of the cheap stuff. So it's but still priced competitively. And um, that's going to be the, the new flagship for custom abutment milling. And the mills made still there in Arizona? Yep, absolutely. Does, we, uh, we have our R&D facility in Laguna Hills, California, and our manufacturing facility in Scottsdale. So, nice. uh, and as far as the partnership with Preet goes, we were always putting our heads together and figuring out what we can help each other out on and seeing if we can utilize each other's expertise to, uh, to further the industry and help better support all of the laboratories across the country. That's great. You know, my heart's with Preet. Always will be. Appreciate my time that was there. Just the travel was too much. <laughs> Other than that, I miss everyone there. Ruben, make sure you tell everyone I say hello. Absolutely. They'll, they'll be excited to hear that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing. And I think it's great what both of you are doing and what you're bringing to our industry. Because I know a lot of people want to get into it. And it's I'm happy to hear that you're bringing in a solution that's the right way. And uh, I'm excited for you. Well, thanks for having us on. This was great. We're Absolutely. super excited about what the future holds. Yeah, it's been it's been a blast. I bet. A very long and sounds like confusing blast. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> looks... <laughs> Whenever you can bring something new, it's always very exciting. So sure. we're, we are really, really excited about what we've done together with Digital Dental and excited about what we can do for the industry. Awesome. We'll look for you next time. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, Elvis. Appreciate it. Bye. A huge thanks to John and Ruben. I'm really sorry I missed the episode, but unlike my partner, and I say this a lot, and I told Ruben this yesterday, I got to work. <laughs> <laughs> it was great to hear both John and Ruben's stories, though, on getting to where they both are at Digital Dental and Preet. And ever since Elvis left Preet, we haven't said Preet enough. So Preet, 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 Preet. <laughs> but seriously, this is a really great partnership and exciting to anyone wanting to mill their own abutments. If there's one thing we have learned listening to others that have dealt with the FDA is that you need to do it right from the beginning so that you don't get in trouble. Hit them up if you guys are interested. Thank you. And now... The audio thanks we got last week to celebrate CDT and Dental Technician Appreciation Month. Hi, this is Ernie Pettengill, CDT. I'd like to be able to thank several people that have helped me throughout my career. First off is Mr. John Washuck, retired U.S. Air Force, who was my first manager straight out of tech school. And he set me in the right direction, getting me started in the lab technology business. Second is Dr. Mark Densher from Sealands Grove, Pennsylvania. And he enabled me to develop advanced skills, working alongside him and dealing with patients uh, and uh, being able to provide not only laboratory, but also clinical support. Number three is Doug Baker, CDT, owner-operator of Tierra Dental Laboratory in Naples, Florida. He was my good friend and mentor, and he helped me tremendously in my leadership and management skills. Very grateful for that. Number four would be my wife, Julia Pettengill, who also is a technician and has been incredibly supportive throughout my career and the 40 plus years we've been married. And lastly, 
I'm grateful to God for the opportunities he's provided me throughout the years, and he's led me to do some remarkable stuff. Thank you. On behalf of Dental Lifeline Network, I would like to take a moment to extend our gratitude to all of the dental lab technicians, lab owners, and certified dental technicians nationwide who volunteer their time and skills to help those in need through our donated dental services program. Because of your generosity, thousands of people each year are able to smile, live without pain, and eat normally again. Since the Donated Dental Services Program inception in 1985, more than 167,000 people across all 50 states have been impacted by the generosity of volunteers like you. Without volunteer laboratories and technicians, none of this would be possible. Thank you. A big thanks to everybody that sent in their thanks. Guys, there's still two weeks left. Don't let June go by before you give that special thanks to that someone special. Joe... Come on, let's go, buddy. Yeah, where's yours, Joe? <laughs> if someone should be thanking us, it's you, Joe. <laughs> we give your life purpose. All right. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's all we got for you. And we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. this and i gotta finish that then i'm leaving all right well let's knock this out then let's get you out the effing door